Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Well, checking elsewhere around North Dakota, the warm weather's bringing open water shorelines to area lakes. So anglers can look for some pike activity and maybe some walleye as well. The big thing going on right now is the active northern feeder creeks and coolies flowing into Devil's Lake. Coolies such as Edmore, Mave, and Starkweather coolies in Channel A are getting a lot of attention from anglers and looking for those walleye from shore. Please be sure to be courteous and don't block traffic when you're parking. Also, don't forget that new 2023 fishing licenses have to be in one's possession. Cooler nighttime temperatures in the mid-20s, though, aren't really rushing to open up main water bodies such as Devil's Lake, but the wind will get that honeycombing ice moving and disappearing. As things move along with open water, we'll start seeing docks and fishing piers getting in place, but for now, it's shore fishing on area lakes. Farther west, the back bays of Lakes Kakwe are open for shore fishing as well. Look for a mix of pike and walleye in those back bays on the east end. There's open water around the Newtown Bridge, and the Van Hook Arm also has open shorelines. The main part of the arm is still had ice earlier in the week, though. Shorelines are also opening on Lake Audubon, but there again, there's still some ice on the big lake part of it. And the Missouri River tail race, it's still generally slow from both boat and shore. Don't uh, neglect it, though. It's still worth a try. It should kick in pretty soon. And finally, don't forget to renew those boat registrations for the new three-year registration cycle. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale. And she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. We're excited to welcome a friend of ours, Mr. Corey Heiser, professional angler, and uh, what I would consider to be a uh, an electronics expert, he's going to um, give us just a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about forward-facing sonar. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing fantastic. Well, and uh, I know you spent some time out on the water this past week. Uh, you know, uh, you were out there helping Shields and the folks there at their university. And I think you were probably demonstrating and talking about some of the things we're going to talk about this morning on uh, on this weekend's show, how how were conditions out there in South Dakota? First of all, uh, nice. You know, we had uh, some cooler weather, and it always seems to blow when we're down here for the fishing university. But 
all in all, had a had a great week. Um, was able to train a lot of associates on some of the new things from Lawrence, and uh, not just from Lawrence, but all the different vendors, whether it's rods, reels, electronics. Um, they've got representatives down here to make sure that Shields employees know what they're talking about and can help you purchase what you need to do for to catch more fish. Hey, Corey, uh, let's stop forward-facing sonar. It's been around for quite a while because you're a professional angler, and, and i got to believe you're at a huge disadvantage if you don't. And there's multiple different brands out there. We're not going to necessarily talk so much about the units themselves, but we want to talk about mounting the transducer. You know, every, there's a lot of aftermarket units out there for mounting that transducer, and you've used quite a few of them. So we're really curious as to your thoughts on it, and we want to give people as much information as they can before they go out and get their, whether it's a pole, whether they mount it on their trolling motor, whatever they do. So what, yep. are, what are your thoughts on a pole, putting it on so, a pole? So a couple of the nice features about having your forward-facing sonar on a pole, um, you can let the trolling motor do its work. You don't necessarily have to be worried about which way the trolling motor is pointed. So if you're a guy that likes to anchor or spot lock and uh, fish out of the back of your boat perhaps that way, the pole is a really nice option. Um, the back of our boats are a stable platform. So if you're back there, the boat doesn't swing as much, especially if you're anchored. And you're able to kind of dissect that piece of structure, whether it's the edge of a weeds, whether it's a rock pile, um, you have it. You're able to, to fish back there and slowly move that pole, you know, to figure out exactly how that structure is and then exactly where those fish are. And so that would be the, the one great big advantage of it is just having the ability to have the trolling motor work independently of it. So if your wind is blowing real strong, say out of the north, you're going to be fishing the south side. Well, instead of doing the dance, I call it, where you're pulling your boat to the north and then it drifts back to the south and it's kind of this, you know, you, you get on the throttle of the trolling motor, then you get off and you kind of look. Well, with the pole, you're able to just continuously look and fish that way. So that is one great big advantage to it. You know, for some of our listeners who may not be familiar with forward-facing sonar, it is exactly as it says. It is a sonar or fish-finding device that it, it faces a particular direction. And so, as Corey was describing why you would use a pole in those scenarios, it's because you're actually pointing that sonar in the direction you want to look. Um, and it's live. And it's, so it's different than, say, like your side, side scan or your down scan where you have a history there. The uh, forward-facing sonar is a live sonar, so you can actually see the fish swim. Um, you can see your presentation, whether you're jigging a plastic or if you're you know, jig wrapping, whatever it may be, you can actually see that bait. Um, it's a very narrow cone angle, so it's got unbelievable sensitivity, and it's 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 an it's incredible thing to use. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's exactly right, Kyle. There's no history with it; it's live and it's it's directional. So where you point it, that's where you're looking, and it's a very narrow narrow cone angle. 
And these poles rotate basically 365 degrees in any direction, which is, you know, real helpful when you need to look all around where you're fishing. Now, Corey, I know there's some people who, and maybe you've tried this, who have mounted those transducers on their trolling motor. When would that even come into play? When What would be an advantage of that? So it's a hands-free application. So now with my foot, I'm able to steer my trolling motor, which steers where my forward-facing sonar is looking. So as I'm, you know, scouting around with that trolling motor, I'm able to pick up and see it. So the nice things with that is if fish are on the move and I need to continuously be moving my boat, I'm able to do that and then, you know, lock into those fish with my foot and able to keep casting. You know, that's the one disadvantage of the pole is you've got to basically not set your rod down, but you've got to dedicate one of your hands or arms into turning that pole and looking in the direction you want to look. And then I have to make a cast where when I'm got forward facing solar on my trolling motor, I'm basically, I, I like to correlate it with bow hunting. So I've got my bow and my arrow locked in, which is my rod and reel with my, my bait. And the minute I see a fish, I can, I can make that cast right where that fish is at. So, Corey, let's talk about, for a minute, about the different poles. What are some of the advantages of the different brands? I know you're working with a relatively popular brand right now. Uh, <clears throat> why did you go to that brand? And what are some, some of the advantages and disadvantages of the different poles? Well, I am very proud of the pole that I that I've worked with, and that's the Bruce City CT360. A few of the reasons I've chose to use that pole after using and seeing a lot of the other poles being used, number one, it's this real simple design. Um, it's extremely durable. Um, and then the other thing is it's basically indestructible. Um, and then you can also, there's a mounting solution for pretty much every boat made. So if you want to mount it flat to a gunnel, there's a mounting solution for that. If you want to mount it on a rail, if you want to mount it on a track, if you want to mount it in a rod holder, we have, Bruce City has all different kinds of mounting solutions. So I have found through research, trial and error, I've spent plenty of money buying different poles that I am really comfortable and happy with that choice of the, of the Bruce City pole. That's not saying the other poles don't have their places and they don't work. I know there's a lot of DIY out there where you can even build your own. Um, guys are building them out of TVC. They're building them out of old trolling motors. And there's a lot of different options. Um, each, each do have some of their own advantages. It's just, it seems for me that, that I'm really comfortable with the poll that I'm. You know, Corey, my next question is going to be, what are some of the factors people need to consider when they're selecting a pole mount for their forward-facing sonar? And um, I think, quite honestly, you answered a lot of those, how it mounts to the boat, how, you know, how, what you have as far as some of those different things that you described. So uh, that's... I think the first thing you want to figure out with your forward-facing sonar, do you see yourself in the front of your boat or in the back? And you have, and if you can't decide, then you're maybe going to have to mount two different solutions. 
That's the best answer, right? Have them both. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Folks, this is Corey Heiser, professional angler, talking uh, forward-facing sonar mounting solutions. Corey, where can folks find you? Um, you can find me on social media, Facebook. I'm uh, Corey Heiser Fishing um, or just Corey Heiser on Facebook. Uh, we've got uh, website is coreyheiser.com. Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.